Empire. Hockey's back, yet still disrupted. It really also accelerated uh, what we wanted to do in our in our technology stack and our software platform uh, at the business enterprise. And so I think it did accelerate uh, that for sure. And I think that's just a perfect example. It made you think that uh, there are there are things to think about doing that we were thinking, you know, three or four years or five years down the line that actually it's helpful to do that now. That's Javier Gutierrez, president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes, who knows when the pandemic is behind us, his fans will expect a different experience. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Javier Gutierrez is the first Latino president and CEO of a club in the history of the National Hockey League. His background, it's investment and venture capital. So he does see this moment as a chance to break away from old habits and help shepherd in a new future for the biggest hockey league in the world. Our guest this week is the president and the CEO of the NHL's Arizona Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez. Thank you so much for joining us, Javier. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to talk. Uh, Here we are in 2021. I want to get to all the initiatives that are going on with your team. It's very forward facing and all the things that are going to be happening in your stadium. But I really need to start with, was there ever a point that you thought the hockey season wasn't going to happen due to the pandemic? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we are still living in this incredibly uh, difficult times, this health crisis, this economic crisis. And, uh, yes, absolutely. We definitely had uh, had several conversations uh, amongst uh, the, the, the league and, and with the league office about, um, you know, is it, is it going to happen? Um, you know, I think there were certainly some clubs that, uh, that, that certainly had really pushed uh, for the idea of, potentially canceling the season we were not one of them we we were very hopeful that uh if nothing else we could replicate what happened in edmonton and toronto with a bubble and uh, we thought it was very important for us to absolutely have a season but but certainly it was uh, very much considered i mean trying to be safe and, and healthy as a, as a top of mind uh matter uh clearly was something that we had all and continue to talk about and uh, i think for for some of us uh it certainly was an issue that uh, potentially the the season should be should be canceled. Um, you all have announced that you will have some fans, at least initially, a small percentage of the of the arena in. Can you kind of take me through the thought process of allowing fans into the arena to watch games live? Absolutely. Well, we're definitely uh, looking at that, and uh, you know, it's twenty percent of the NHL that's going to have. So you have uh, about six, seven uh, other clubs that will be having uh, limited capacity fans. We are one of them. It started with a uh, uh, the city of Glendale, Arizona, uh, has allowed fans for ourselves, and, and it previously had allowed fans for the Arizona Cardinals, who also play in the city of Glendale. So they had already. Uh, made that determination for them. And at the same uh, percentage of capacity, which is about 25%, which for us is about 3,400 fans to start with. Um, You know, first and foremost, we have been talking uh, about a bunch of protocols, a bunch of tech-enabled approaches to ensure safety and health uh, are top of mind uh, when we bring fans back uh, to our arena. 
Uh, we've looked at a number of technology providers, uh, starting with uh, Clear, uh, which was uh, a partner of the NHL up in the bubble to, uh, to track uh, biometric data and to do all the health screening uh, as individuals enter the arena. Um, we've also uh, been working with the manager of our arena. It's a city-owned arena. It's managed by ASM Global, which manages over 300 facilities around the world. They have this comprehensive protocol that they have been implementing in all those venues. It's called the Venue Shield, and it's everything from circulation of fans, ingress, egress, uh, sanitation, and, and um, hand sanitizer stations throughout. Uh, for us, it, it goes down even to folks that drive the Zamboni and having to wipe down the benches after the players go in uh, during the intermissions of the first and second and second and third periods. So it's, it's, it's really comprehensive in terms of what they have implemented. And then it's it, for us, it's utilizing technology for a purely contactless and, and purely uh, digital uh, experience. So everything from ordering food and beverage uh, in, a, in a grab and go uh, situation, but ordering it all via our app, uh, our team app, uh, to, to merchandising, being able to order that too, not even allowing clear bags, allowing no bags within uh, the arena. And so letting folks know uh, all of that information, use, utilizing all of our platforms. So it's, it's not one thing, it's all of it that made us feel that we had definitely taken the steps to make uh, people feel safe and healthy to come back. And uh, the response has been incredibly positive. We are expecting, uh, you know, very, very, very high turnout uh, for our games. And, uh, you know, hopefully it is something that individuals uh, know that we've taken very serious in terms of health and safety. And we'll continue to revisit it as, uh, as hopefully uh, things improve with vaccinations uh, in, uh, in our country. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have high turnout. I speak for all of us saying we want something to do and going to an NHL game sounds pretty good to me at this point. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's, uh, it's going to be an unprecedented season. I'm, I'm tired of using that word, but, yeah. but it continues to be useful. Uh, for us, it's a sprint. Uh, I just had a meeting with all of our broadcasters. It's 56 games in 116 days. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is not a marathon. It is going to be a sprint. It feels like, uh, almost sort of Roman gladiator style. We're going to throw everybody in it. And uh, whoever doesn't get mauled by the bear or eaten by the by the lion and stands up at the end and holding the Stanley Cup above their head is, is going to just deserve it. Yeah, that is something. I, this is kind of at maybe out of the realm of, of, um, of your expertise, but I am curious with, with that and biometrics and load management and these types of conversations that are happening with maintaining health and recovery of a team – have you all kind of started thinking differently about how you're going to try to handle the on ice product, knowing you have this truncated schedule? Absolutely. Well, you know, there's really three pillars as an organization. And as you know, I, I joined seven months ago, actually to the day. Um, and in the three pillars have really been around impact have been around inclusion and around innovation. And as far as innovation on the ice, we invested uh, quite a bit of resources uh, into sports science, whether it be sleep science, which I, I didn't even know was a discipline, uh, but sleep science to, you know, recovery uh, to various uh, modalities around uh, rest and nutrition and how that all uh, works together. And so absolutely, we know that uh, that, that it's going to take 
uh, a lot of diligence, a lot of focus, not, not just to be, you know, safe and healthy uh, due to the pandemic, but just given the strain that's going to be put on to our players. And so it was something that we, that we were very interested in doing and really committed to doing regardless and now it makes it even more uh, more important given the sprint that we're going to be doing. And then we have also done quite a bit of investment into our arena for our, the condition of our ice. Uh, we actually just bought uh, two new Zambonis uh, that are top of the line. And they're literally called super fast Zambonis, uh, which uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what that means. <laughs> other than I know it's supposed to keep the ice uh, in better shape. And when you keep the ice in better shape, obviously it prevents injuries and and it's really better uh, for the long-term um, health of our players. So, again, a number of, of, of actions and, and efforts that we've taken to really be innovative uh, for the, the, the success on the ice. So some of the things you're talking about, I'm sure we're kind of in the works, especially with the fan experience and all of that in, in terms of how they would interact in the arena. Being what happened this year, having this – reset occur and not being allowed to have fans in or have a very limited number has it given you the opportunity to either accelerate some of those things or rethink some other prerogatives and implementations that you may not have gotten in but are thinking about now no it's great point um i've often said uh during this, this whole crisis that there has been some opportunity out of challenge and, and some of that opportunity has been to look more, uh, you know, at innovative solutions to how we operate as a business and how we operate on the ice. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, you know, we partnered with Salesforce actually as an organization uh, when it came to, you know, managing a workforce that was working from home and then bringing them back sort of in staggered ways. And so they had a work.com product uh, that was great. The reason I point that out is because we had been thinking about, you know, our entire CRM and ERP platform as a business enterprise. And by utilizing that for the crisis, for the, for the health information, it really also accelerated uh, what we wanted to do in our, in our technology stack and our software platform. Uh, as a business enterprise. And so I think it did accelerate uh, that for sure. And I think that's just a perfect example. It made you think that uh, there are there are things to think about doing that we were thinking, you know, three or four years or five years down the line that actually it's helpful to do that. Now, the, what I mentioned as well about the acquisitions of the new Sambonis, uh, we were looking at doing that, you know, in the next year or two, but uh, accelerating that to get that done today. I think absolutely happened. Um, having said that, there, there, there were also things that we delayed more. Uh, sadly, um, this is our 25th uh, year anniversary, and we're not going to have you know the full complement of fans in the stands. And so we've had to actually uh, elongate the celebration over the course of two seasons, which obviously is great, but, but it, is, uh, it is a little disappointing that we couldn't have a full house uh, to kick it off uh, opening night next Thursday uh, to really start the celebration. It is really amazing. I mean, the 25th anniversary, you you wouldn't have the crowd that you know you would have for something like that to yeah. celebrate. I mean, I live outside of Washington, D.C. The Washington Nationals won their first World Series and had an empty stadium in what was the first game following that World Series. I mean, it's just it's a bizarre time that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, 
it's disappointing more than anything to, to do that. But obviously, we're, we're first mindful about the impact of this uh, pandemic on our entire community. And what we've tried to do is, is really, again, be that community leader, really be engaged with our community, really be a resource. We, we reallocated a lot of our philanthropic dollars just to things that were, were you know, real-time essentials as opposed to longer-term uh, support. And so, you know, we're, we're all living through in it. We're all living uh, through it, rather, and uh, trying to manage it as much as possible and yet also be incredibly optimistic about, uh, about this season and about this sport and about this team. Less contact is better now. I mean, we're probably looking at that as well. And I know something else that was in, in motion for a lot of teams, and I know for yours as well, is the cashless venue experience. Can you Absolutely. kind of talk about where, where that is going for the Arizona Coyotes? Absolutely. Well, I think I just mentioned we, we redid our, our team app around something called uh, Venue Next, uh, which is also a bit confusing with Venue Shield, which is the protocol for the arena. But Venue Next is a very robust digital platform in which it really becomes sort of this home base for everything that you do as a fan. Uh, in terms, again, of ordering F&B, ordering merchandise, uh, selecting where your seats can be. Uh, we have another partner uh, called Season Share in which you're able to select uh, seats and uh, over the course of the season, depending on games, almost creating your own mini packages, if you'd like. And uh, that's all sits on our, on our app. And again, a really comprehensive uh, digital uh, functionality that, that obviously the, the benefit uh, for now is that it makes everything contactless. And you have flexible spending accounts, right? Like, you, can you kind of explain how that works for fans who, who want to be ticket holders? Absolutely. Well, very early on, actually going back to the last season, uh, which, was, uh, which was shortened, uh, we had a number of season ticket members and corporate partners that still had uh, you know, um, money in their accounts, for lack of a better word. And we very quickly wanted to create flexibility while still being very uh, engaged with our with our fan base. And so we came up with this flexible spending account. I believe we're the only NHL team to do so. And I think one of the few um, sports franchises to do so. And the, comp- the, 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 the concept was simple. It was to take your proceeds put it into this flexible spending account and give you the ability uh, to add to it uh, for this season um, and, and utilize that at future games for whether it be tickets or food or merchandising or even upgrading uh, your seats um, and, and changing the locations and what have you. We think that's actually something we want to um, deploy going forward. It kind of mirrors sort of these subscription services, whether it be a gym or a streaming service and yeah. you're constantly, uh, you know, putting in to your flexible spending account, but using it uh, in the future or having more flexibility about what you want to use it for rather than just tickets. So be- very well received. It's been very, very much a uh, uh, one of those uh, things that has been an opportunity out of this challenge that certainly we're going to keep in place uh, after this. So is it, is it, does it remain in dollars? Does it turn into reward points? Is it coyote bucks? Like what are you trying to build yeah. like a, a te, like a, almost like a crypto currency in and around the team? 
Sure. Well, not cryptocurrency yet, but certainly it is a platform that could allow to do that. In, in short, it still remains in dollars. Um, we do have something that is unique. However, you can actually gain interest on your money. So if it's 500 bucks in your account, you'll gain 3% interest on it. Anything above a thousand, you'll earn uh, 5% interest. So it is something that people are able to make. Uh, it's an interest bearing account almost. Um, and it's something that, that, that gives you more flexibility uh, about what you want to utilize your proceeds for. So it's not just tickets. It could be merchandise. It could be food. It could be parking. It could be, uh, you know, so other things that, that not just, uh, you know, are limited to, to tickets. But what it does for us is it gives the fan more power for what they want to utilize their proceeds, number one. Number two, it gives us this consistent uh, revenue base in which you are having fans uh, put in dollars and proceeds into that account on a monthly basis. But and, and then three, it gives us a lot of data in terms of people's spending habits, which, as you know, data certainly yeah. a lot of value. I mean, it, it's really interesting. We've talked to a lot of other um, uh, CEOs and people in, in your position and, and especially in sports, what they're finding out at the modern sports fan is that they didn't know that much about them other than they really liked hockey and they really liked this team and they were of this typical specific demographic. But what you all are learning now is how well-rounded the fan actually is and that you can serve them in many ways, correct? Absolutely. We're, as I said, it's, it's really one of our core tenants to really be innovative and, and knowing your fan, connecting with them, being engaged with them in as many ways as possible Knowing them uh, through data, um, you know, understanding and analysis is really, really important. It really shows, you know, where sports is evolving, right? And uh, it is a, an incredibly high profile, but also very uh, forward uh, thinking uh, platform that we have uh, being a sports franchise. And we're really trying to be at the forefront of utilizing tech enabled uh, business services and business products to really make that fan experience, to really make that engagement uh, and, and the entire experience that much better. And so I'm excited about that. We, we also have a partnership with a firm called Stellar Ago that basically does big data capture and analysis so that we can continue to really uh, craft uh, the experience and personalize it. And uh, it really helps us become much more efficient in our delivery of an experience uh, for our fans and what I call not only our coyote fans, but our coyote fans in waiting. It really also helps us craft and tailor our outreach to those that may have never come to a hockey game or may have never uh, been uh, to our arena. Um, and it really allows us a, a strategic uh, sort of direction about how to capture that. Okay. The last thing I want to ask you about is just engagement. Um, it, it, another opportunity, I know it's a terrible word, but opportunity with, with all that's going on here is, is you can rethink some of that and how you want to engage with your fans and how important it is right now, considering the vast majority of them cannot be there in person. Um, how do you view engagement during and then hopefully post pandemic? Sure. Well, I, I think about it in, in three ways. The first is that it really just raises and elevates the importance to have engagement with fans online, right? So utilizing social media, digital platforms, our app, our website, uh, even our radio partners and television partners. How are we engaging uh, with fans via our content, via our interactivity 
on all, on the digital platforms. And really, we spend a lot of time not only revamping our approach and our strategies, but also our team and, 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 and who we have here and the skill sets around that. We, we've actually hired data analysts. We've actually hired a lot more tech-oriented uh, professionals to be engaged in, in that part. Second, it really has also uh, forced us uh, in a good way to rethink how we engage with fans offline. So how do we utilize, for example, our youth hockey department to go after non-traditional uh, communities and to say, how can we come out to you to have you be engaged with our team and, and, and utilizing this sport, this incredibly passionate sport of hockey? So I think it's also forced us to be more innovative and in thinking outside the box about how we, you know, whether it be our hockey clinics or our philanthropic efforts to have that engagement. Uh, but I think also the, the, the final thing is this pandemic has, again, emphasized the need to talk about us as a community leader and to be mindful of the needs of our community and how we can utilize the power of sports to inspire, to, you know, to, to convene problem solvers. And so I think it's been another uh, component of that engagement, you know, so anchoring our engagement in what can we do for others as we create that sort of soul and that beloved connection and that emotional attachment to us as an organization. So I think that all of that has really been accelerated uh, due to this, uh, this pandemic. Javier Gutierrez is the president and the CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And uh, go Yotes. On the next Future Sport Podcast, an ex-NFL player from the late 80s has spent his career modernizing coaching for a quarter century. And sitting there saying, okay, how do we derive this information from these fields? And do we actually need this field? Do we actually need this information? It's going to be reflective in a report. It's an important to that coach or the coordinators. Uh, and now I kind of actually see that trend happening again where guys are sitting there going, okay, well, you know, I've got a million different data sources, a million points of information. What is actually important and yeah. actionable? What can we push to the side? That's Bob White, President and Chief Revenue Officer at 8K Solutions, where the whiteboard is coming to life. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.